Greetings, beloveds, on this warm and sunny day as the breeze blows through my window from the San Francisco Bay. And welcome to The Word is Resistance, a weekly podcast hosted by Showing Up for Racial Justice. In this podcast, we explore the readings from the Christian Bible assigned for the week in the Revised Common Lectionary, focusing on how they provide us with tools to resist white supremacy's culture of domination, exploitation, and oppression, and how these texts can inspire new decolonial, anti-racist, and liberatory visions and practices to build a new world. I wish you could smell the salt in the air with me right now. I'm Dr. Sharon Fenema, and I serve as the curator of Join the Movement Toward Racial Justice, an anti-racism initiative of the United Church of Christ. I use she and her pronouns, and I am recording this podcast from my home, which rests on the unceded and ancestral lands of the Ohlone people, who continue to lay down prayers and raise up life on this ground in what is now known as by some as Oakland, California. I'm honored to contribute to this podcast, which is geared toward white Christians like me, who are searching for ways to resource and expand our capacity for racial justice. As Christians of European descent, we know we have particular work to do in resisting the logics of supremacy, which we benefit from and are implicated in, so that we might contribute to new futures shaped by the liberatory visions and flourishing of Black, Indigenous, and people of color. The live recording of Dr. Vincent Harding's Song for the Freedom Movement is of a multiracial movement choir practice in Denver, Colorado in December of 2014, being led by Minister Daryl J. Walker. We are deeply grateful to the Freeney Harding family for letting us use the song for this podcast. I'm back this week to wrestle with Romans, continuing our series that has been exploring what comes into view when we release anti-Semitic and supersessionist readings of Paul's writings and embrace his radical critiques of empire as our starting point. I will tell you right now, this week's passage does not disappoint. But before we get to this week's scripture, let's take a moment to center our hearts and spirits with this piece from Alexis Pauline Gum's book, Dub, Finding Ceremony. But we focused on the ways we were not each other, so as not to feel redundant, so as to feel only manageably accountable for each other. We used tribal origins, if we remembered, and then we remembered that our beliefs said we were not separate, We used surnames until those all tangled and the fathers had left. We used skin tone and reach of hair, but it didn't work. We couldn't stop reaching for each other. After not drowning, after being ripped away, after centuries of separate but equal, after all that, could I really look you in in your face and not be you? Guided by that vision of our collective connections and belonging, let us hear these words of scripture from Romans 14, verses 1 through 12. Welcome those who are weak in faith, 
but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating anything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on slaves of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. Those who observe the day, observe it for the Lord. Also those who eat, eat for the Lord, since they give thanks to God, while those who abstain, abstain for the Lord, and give thanks to God. For we do not live to ourselves, and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then each one of us will be held accountable. One of the things I cherish about the writings attributed to Paul in the Christian scriptures is how he does not shy away from practical concerns in his writings to these communities of Jesus followers. Despite how Christians have often talked about Paul, he's not all big theological ideas and grand moral values. He gets into the weeds of community life with his comrades, too. Reading this passage from Romans reminds me of the research I did for my dissertation many moons ago, sifting through boxes and boxes of archived materials from the church I was studying. Amidst stacks of bulletins and newsletters and hundreds of folders of meeting minutes, I would find a sheet of instructions on how to open up the building, or helpful hints for new church council presidents, or guidelines for ushers. While these documents may seem mundanely practical, they too revealed something to me about the community's values and theologies, just like these verses from Romans. It tells you something important about the community when the instructions for opening up the building include a caution to be careful when opening the church doors so as not to disturb any houseless people who might be sleeping on the stoop, and to make sure they know they are welcome to come inside, for example. So I find myself curious about what these seemingly strange words from Paul about eating vegetables and observing days are telling us about this community in Rome and Paul's hopes and dreams for them. 
Now, it's passages like this one in Romans that many biblical commentators would dig into as evidence of a Christian versus Jewish conflict that Paul was using to show how Jesus' was the better, holier way. But if our Wrestling with Romans series has taught us anything, I hope these weeks of grappling with Paul have showed us that this is not the question to be asking. Instead, the question we raise is, how is Paul taking aim at Roman empirical power in this passage? If we take that question to this section of Romans 14, then it becomes less about trying to find evidence of Paul addressing Jewish eating practices or Holy Day observances, and more about how one of empire's favorite strategies for decimating movements is what we might call divide and conquer. In this part of his letter, Paul's concern is not about distinguishing what practices are appropriate for Jesus' followers and what aren't. His concern is that the community seems to be letting their differences divide them. In fact, the word that comes up repeatedly in this passage is some form of the Greek word krino, which means to pass judgment. It's not hard to imagine, is it, this scenario? I feel like it's been a part of every faith community and movement space I've ever been a part of. I think my way is the best, therefore yours must be inferior. You think your tactic is the most impactful, so mine must be ineffective. We think that our practice is righteous, so yours must be less so. What Paul is describing is the destructive conflict that can arise when we fail to honor and respect a diversity of tactics in our movement work and spiritual community building. But what does that have to do with empire? An August 25, 1967 memo from then FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover sent to 23 FBI field offices around the country initiated a new phase of counterintelligence directed at civil rights movement organizations, known by its shortened acronym COINTELPRO. It identified the purpose of this program to, quote, expose, disrupt, misdirect, discredit, or otherwise neutralize, end quote, the activities of organizations fighting for civil rights for Black Americans. The memo is explicit about the techniques that can and should be used to accomplish these goals. In one section, it says, quote, no opportunity should be missed to exploit through counterintelligence techniques the organizational and personal conflicts of the leadership of the groups, and where possible, an effort should be made to capitalize upon existing conflicts between and amongst organizations. That is Empire's strategy to divide. On September 5, 2023, Georgia prosecutors brought charges against 61 forest protectors under the state's Racketeer-Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act, known as RICO. These Stop Cop City movement supporters are being prosecuted for things like donating to bail funds, handing out flyers, and self-publishing magazines about the effort to prevent the construction of the largest police training facility in the nation, requiring the destruction of crucial forest land in a majority Black community in Atlanta. Among the evidence cited to establish a conspiracy in the indictment include the shared values of, quote, collectivism, 
mutualisms or mutual aid and social solidarity, end quote. In defining these terms, the indictment accuses defendants of conspiring together with practices that affirm, quote, that individuals will work together and voluntarily contribute their own resources to ensure that each individual has its own needs met and that individuals can live together and can provide for each other, voluntarily offering goods, services, and resources without anything compelling it. That is the conspiracy they are arresting people for. That's how afraid empire is of our collectivity and solidarity. What these modern examples expose, and what Paul seems to be taking aim at in his practical instructions to the Romans, is the reality that solidarity is a threat to empire, and imperial power will do all it can to thwart our collective imagining. If empire can use the logics of white supremacy, individualism, and colonialism to keep us divided and fighting with each other, they can keep us from becoming the new realm of justice and love that God in Christ calls us to bring to life. It serves empire if we sit in judgment of those who practice differently from us. It does not serve God. It serves empire if we degrade or despise those who choose tactics and paths distinct from our own. It does not serve justice. It serves empire if we levy our most biting critiques at each other. It does not serve love. So stop serving empire, Paul seems to be saying to these faithful followers of Jesus. And remember that it is God's kingdom vision that you are accountable to. That's what you should be living for. Therefore, if we live, let us live to this sovereign, to this solidarity, to this struggle. For our call to action this week, I invite you to learn more about the RICO charges being brought against the defenders of the Atlanta forests and Stop Cop City movement builders. Read the text of the indictment with the same kind of care and critical lenses that you bring to your scripture study. What do you discover about community and empire in those pages? Also, I invite you to prayerfully discern your response to the invitation to collective action being extended by folks organizing on the ground in Atlanta to come together for a mass nonviolent direct action November 10 through 13. Find out more at blockcopcity.org. Thanks as always for joining us. We'd love to hear from you all by commenting on our SoundCloud or Twitter or Facebook pages or filling out the survey on our podcast page at surge.org. Give us a like or rate us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you check out your podcasts. You can find out more about Surge at surge.org, where you can sign up for Surge Faith updates and find transcripts for every episode, which include references, resources, and action links. And finally, a huge thanks to our sound editor, Claire Hitchens.
I close out today with another piece from Alexis Pauline Gum's book, Dub, Finding Ceremony. This one is entitled, What the Choral Said. Once, we were all singing somewhere. We are still moving. As some huge vibrational wet, we dance and keep the world in place. We shiver and know the orbit. If you let the body undulate, you will remember not all the waves are in the ocean. We don't know so much about the soloists. We don't know so much about virtue. We don't care so much about your body. It's the body. You are already part of it because you has nothing to do with it. It is we. Dance into harmony now. We are love in all directions. Come on, sing.